0: Welcome back to the 12-Sided guys. We have Matt as the guy who basically gave the blacksmith Darden a blank check. Hi. Scott as the guy who just received the most underwhelming prophetic tattoo known to man. (laughs) That's me. Jordan as the robot, so in touch with nature that he actually may have detected the respiration of stone. Salutations. Sabrina as the gal that basically says she's had enough of this prophecy bowl honky. Hey there. And me, Paul, the guy who still thinks this prophecy bull honky is pretty cool. We're excited to be back with you on this adventurous adventure. You can find more 12-sided guys by checking out our Patreon. You can get maps, a wiki, extra episodes, and even a bonus little bonus from us. (laughs) Don't, Don't forget to tell your family and friends to check out all of our exciting excitement Uh, also rate and review us on your podcasting app your help is helpful in spreading the word you can also chat with us on discord and we've linked the link in this episode's descriptive description
1: (laughs) okay that was a stretch (laughs) ball i like this whole noun and adjective thing
0: well, one more thing. Don't forget to mark your calendars. FanX in Salt Lake City, September 22nd through the 24th, 2022.
2: Woo! Fall break!
0: <laughs> we'll be there, so come and meet us. This convention's going to be a great convention.
1: <laughs> this convention's going to be conventional. Perfect. <laughs>
0: There we go. Anyway, if you've ever hired a dwarf with an Uzi to watch your back while you jacked into cyberspace, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex episode 68. Some
3: Deckers geeked him.
0: That's right. Deckers (laughs) geeked. That's what you got geeked by Deckers. Okay, it's kind of funny because that's actually a different role playing game that they made a video game based off of, but still apparently one of the greatest Super Nintendo games of all time. Wait, wait, which one is this? Shadow Run. I don't know that I've ever played that one. Yeah, there's a whole RPG system of it. It's cyberpunk, but in the future where like Native American shamanistic magic has like regained its power. So magic comes back and like uh, there are orcs and elves and trolls and everything. But it's in a, it's like a combination of fantasy and uh, like cyberpunk. It's pretty cool. And it takes place in Seattle. Interesting. The air was clear. Clean, cold, the air was perfect. Daffodil sits still at the foxhole railing of the allele eagle, quill in hand, book open, and mind wandering far, far away. After years of living down in the key lava, the sun on her metal skin brings a smile to Daffodil's face, or at least it would, were she physically capable of smiling. That realization brings her out of her thoughts. Looking down at her arms covered in paint and designs, she gently touches them with her fingers. She feels torn and not for the first time between the sense of loss and distaste for her new body, so different from her previous elegant feathered one, and the feeling of joy, knowing that she was spared from a terrible fate, one that befell so many all those thousands of years ago when the crystal engine was turned on and the face of Bavantis changed. Daffodil rises to her feet and gazes over the gunwale at the sight beneath her. The allele eagle bobs up and down on the wind coming from the north over the Tallheart valley and the village of Woodbridge. From her vantage point she can see the people moving about like ants. She turns back to the book and her sketch of the village's layout. There the river flowing down from the north, here the dried up bed where the river changed its course, and there the river flowing down to the southeast as it snakes its way out of the mountains. Suddenly it occurs to Daffodil that, aboard this airship, she is quite possibly one of the very first people to see Woodbridge from this vantage. The airships of this day apparently dare not fly too high over mountains for fear they can't handle the winds that threaten to dash them across the mountainside. This is why she was here, why she was chosen to be put in the body of an Ormek, to map this changed world. That thought brought with it a sense of peace and purpose that Daffodil had been missing down in the subterranean Key Lava. Daffodil takes a deep breath, or at least mimics the motions as her shoulders elevate, her chest rises, her head rocks back, and she holds that position for a few seconds, trying to remember the sensation of full lungs. Nothing. She relaxes her posture, feeling foolish. She glances behind her at the rest of her companions. The nine other Ormecs sit, talk, and strategize. No one seems to notice her foolishness, but she still feels quite the fool. Shaking her head, she turns back to the front of the ship, intent on finishing her sketch of Woodbridge. Suddenly, a fierce, bitterly cold blast of wind buffets the allele eagle. Daffodil is knocked back on her haunches, her book and quill clattering from her grasp. The wind howls over her and the ship pitches and yaws and is pushed back by the sudden gust. The other Ormecs, the Liberator crews, are caught unawares as well but quickly regain their feet, standing against the hurricane-strength winds buffeting the ship. Daffodil can do nothing but scramble for her book before it's blown overboard. Her kin curse and jump into action. Lines thrum, hum, and snap while Daffodil curls into a ball protecting her precious journal. Before the Liberator teams can even begin to get the allele eagle under control, the wind stops just as abruptly as it started. Slowly, Daffodil rises to her feet, placing a shaky hand upon the gunnel. Glancing around the airship, she sees one or two others with minor injuries, a twisted ankle or a bumped knee, but all else seems to be intact. Gazing out to the north, the direction from which the wind came, Daffodil sees and hears flocks of birds driven toward her by the wind's fury. Listening to the caws and shrieks of the birds, she senses something else, right on the edge of perception that tickles her auditory receptors. Though hard to make out, what she can hear chills her to the core. A chant, low and rhythmic, in a language she does not comprehend, blowing on the wind. Thinking quickly, she retrieves her quill and attempts to write the sounds she hears, spelling them phonetically in her native language, hoping that someone, somewhere, can make sense of these terrifying utterances.
4: Ooh, <laughs> spooky! I like it. The beleaguered illegal eagle. <laughs>
1: yes, the bewildered
4: beagle. <laughs> the the <laughs> bewildered beleaguered illegal illegal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like like we say illegal every time. The illegal illegal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whose genius idea was it to name it the illegal eagle? Who was that again? I came up with the name, but
3: nobody fought me on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Who should be to blame? The person who came up with the name or the people who didn't fight them on it? Hmm. I think we're all to blame.
4: I I think this is this is the next uh, the tongue twister. Maybe some of our listeners can like post their attempts at this. But uh, the beleaguered illegal allele eagle and see if they can say that five times fast. The bewildered, the bewildered,
0: the bewildered illegal, illegal eagle,
2: beleaguered,
0: beleaguered illegal, illegal eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Woodbridge. Last time we were together, our party, Nari and the boys, traveled north up over the mountains and into the valley of Stormfist and Tallheart to the village of Woodbridge, where they discovered it had grown since last time they were there. It was full of. People from the other mountain tribes, including Stormfists, Tallhearts, some uh, Softpaws, some Longclaws, and even some Copperbeards.
3: <coughs> dwarfs. <coughs>
0: some dwarfs. In Woodbridge, our players soon uh, reconnected with some of their old allies, including uh, Yastin, the Tallheart man who accompanied them for quite a long time uh, up here last time they were here, as well as Tikris and Tazar, both of Nari's brothers. Uh, as they were uh, going around town and kind of exploring, a couple things that were discovered was that the statue, this giant statue of Lord Moshe that was made out of wood, is now covered in plants of all kinds. Also, the council that had their um, their meeting place in this grove of trees in the center of town seems to um, be missing all but one of its members who sits in their throne looking to be asleep, but also looking like they are Um, carved from stone as well as pine was attempting to get his saber and the flame-tongue greatsword from the adjudicator rolf uh, combined by darden the blacksmith who was willing to do it for the small fee of a thousand gold pieces just taken from pine's bag and last but not least everyone reconvened in nari's brother uh tazar's house who has become the new Oracle, the tattooing oracle for the Stormfist Clan, who offered to give everyone tattoos. Some of the tattoos were given, and if you guys want to remind everybody of what your tattoo was, then we will basically be starting from that point.
3: So Pine got his
0: tattoo first, and his are basically tiny little cat paw prints going up his up his thighs. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I have seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> the tattoo that was given to him what is a a simple design of a flower, uh, and it has two crossed sabers. And it could mean anything at this point. (laughs) Petals are kind of frequent in his life, and he does a lot of fighting with sabers. But there is one thing in particular that me, Paul, that I am thinking of with this tattoo. Pine should start dual wielding.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, whatever Paul's thinking of, it's whatever ends up happening, and that was the prophet.
0: <laughs> hey, come on, come on, don't ruin don't ruin the mystique. <laughs> you guys got to give me this.
1: <laughs> yeah, Roos, what was Roos' what was tattoo? Yeah, Roos was kind of hard to decipher. It was a set of scales with swords going through it, um, pinning the scales in place. Kind of hard to figure out what, uh, what exactly you meant with that, so I'm still uh, simmering on it.
2: I'm really meditating.
1: <laughs> and then, Ebi,
0: your tattoo, do you remember what your tattoo was? Wasn't it like, uh, was, it, was it an eye? If I remember correctly, Ebby's tattoo didn't really work because it's stick and poke. And basically, just <laughs> it was like poking a tin can with a fork. Just going right through.
4: Ting, <laughs> ting, 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 ting.
0: So, as I recall, it was a green eye that was broken into pieces with a small section of the eye uh, separated out from the rest of the eye. Yes, that's it. Thank you. And then Nari, you basically said, I'm done with this bull honky prophecy stuff, right?
2: I'm not interested in that bull honky at this point.
3: I was going to say, you better have responded with, you're not interested in the bull honky, because that's what we said in the intro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, There was actually one more thing I forgot that you guys had heard about as well. Nari had heard this from her brothers. Apparently there is a, um, a, like a flock of ripper birds that have come down out of the mountains and are starting to... uh, Uh, infringe on the grazing grounds of some of the herds of the combined stormfist tallheart clans so that was the other thing that had happened but here we are in the new hall of foretelling in tazar's home and um those tattoos have just been completed there is also um so in this room right now currently we have the the players we have nari ebby ruse and pine we have Tikris and tazar um, and we also have Tazars' um, living canvas, a tall, heart woman uh, by the name of uh, Katona.
2: And I don't remember last time. Did did Katona have any specific like tattoos that we saw that were interesting?
0: We didn't get to that point actually. Um, she is there, and uh, nobody has asked to see any tattoos. Uh, you guys were getting your own before. Before
3: we look at hers, though, I will say to Ebby, Ebi, your tattoo. We've seen it before. It was on Maeve's canvas as well. One of the prophetic
4: tattoos we didn't quite understand. Was it really? I forgot about all of that. Huh. I don't know quite what it means. Do you have any thoughts?
1: Well, your eyes are green. I'm surprised you remembered it. That That was five years ago.
3: Well, it was badass. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. There's
2: not much cooler than telling prophecy via tattoo.
1: This is true.
3: Right. And they were, I mean, they were really well done. Like the shading.
1: (laughs) Well,
4: perhaps Amarok will have some thoughts on it. I'll I'll speak with him about this later.
3: Nari
2: would like to just kind of see this, like, see if this person has any visible tattoos and um, what they are.
0: Yeah, so um, you asked Tazar, your your younger brother, the the one who does the tattooing now. And he says, Oh yes, I've actually been hard at work on Katona. It's uh, it's amazing once once you start, it's, it just comes so freely. Um, Katona, will you would you please show my sister show my sister your, your, your canvas?
2: If you don't mind, Katona.
0: She she nods. Um, she, again, she's a tall heart woman, so she does have antlers. Um, she steps kind of into the middle of the room and she turns her back to you. And then she drops her shirt and shows you her bare back. And you do see a number of tattoos. You see that right between her shoulder blades, um, there is this, uh, it's uh, a circle. And inside, you know, like a Nike swoosh, how it kind of, is a line with a little swoosh at the end. Hence the name, yeah. Hence the hence the name. Basically, you see like a Nike swoosh, but there's another one mere image underneath it. It kind of looks like um stylized depiction of of wind or something like that. You know, like you know, like in a cartoon where a cloud is blowing wind and it kind of does that line and then it curls at the end type of thing.
2: And this is in the circle?
0: This is in the circle between her shoulder blades. Kind of on the back of her on her right where her right kidney would be, you see that there is a like a fireball, like a flame um, in a circle. And then um, on her left bicep, you can see that she has a band around her arm, which Nari, you would not think that's terribly weird, except for tall hearts don't generally tattoo themselves like Stormfists do. But it looks like she's got a band around her arm. And then on the uh, on one side of the band, there are dots that go all the way around. And it looks like they're all evenly spaced, except for right in her armpit, there are actually two dots that are actually connected. So it's kind of like a little bit of like a conjoined dot um, right in her armpit.
3: Are you sure one of them is not a mole?
2: (laughs) Could be cancerous. Oh,
0: gosh. Well, on her left kidney area there on the back, you see that there is um, a circle with kind of a mountain on it. Um, And then... um, she uh as you keep looking over her body um she's still got her pants on but you can see that she doesn't have shoes on and you can see on her right foot there is a circle with a like a drop of water the last one that you can see currently um you see that there is a like a triangle um right kind of right above her belt line and slightly left of center there is like a triangle point with the point pointing up and it's also in a circle these ones that are circles uh, the tattoo is basically like. Um, maybe like a two-inch diameter circle with a small little image inside of it. And the rest of her back is bare.
3: Did you see all those circles with like the symbols of the elements? I think she might be the avatar.
2: (laughs) I was just gonna say that, damn it.
0: (laughs) Maybe I should have watched... Avatar.
2: (laughs) We've been watching Korra recently, so that was my first thought.
0: Um, She turns around and she shows you one more um, tattoo, um, and it is um, actually kind of right above her navel. Um, There is a skull that is underneath three wavy lines, but that one is not in a circle. Do the wavy lines look like they maybe could be water? Uh, Potentially.
3: Okay, well, I think at my age, I'm done swimming. That tattoo, yeah, that's enough reason for me to not have to, to go back in the pool.
1: Yeah, Abby, didn't you say the tower that we're headed to is in the middle of the sea?
4: Yeah, it's in the bay next to the city. That's
3: good. That's great. Okay, I guess I'll swim again. That's where we're going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Any indication of what these might mean to Zard?
0: He kind of shrugs. He says, no, you know, I expected that I'd be able to figure some of them out, but these images come to me and, and I'm, and then they're gone. And I, I can't make head or tails of them, but I imagine when we need to know what they what they represent that we'll know. Right.
3: I hope so. The ones that represent the elements remind me where they were. There was, um, water drop was on the foot, the right foot. On the right foot. Yes.
2: Mountains on the left kidney fire on the right kidney Wind on the upper back.
0: Yeah, right between the shoulder blades. In the
2: skull above the navel.
0: Yeah, sounds really
2: painful. TVH.
0: Yeah, and then a the triangle and the circle. Um, the triangle pointing up was just uh, right up, right above the belt line, slightly left of center. So,
1: what nation is the avatar supposed to be born into this time?
3: I
2: think it's Earth.
1: Is it Earth?
3: <laughs> yeah, and what's the triangle? Is it triangle bending?
2: Circle bending. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, thank you for showing us those.
1: Those are very interesting.
0: Everyone make a perception check real quick. Ooh.
3: All right. Pine rolled a
0: 20, a dirty 20.
1: Roos got a 21.
2: Nari rolled a 27.
1: And Evie rolled a nine. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Evie's like, this is a human. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, triangles are things. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> As Katona goes to put her
0: shirt back on, Pine and Roos, you both see Katona and um, Tazar share a little glance. And um, Nari, you see that same thing, but you see Tazar blush a little bit with that glance.
3: Damn, dude, come on. Is he, is he, um, I, all I can, all I can think of is, is that you don't <laughs> where <what> you eat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is slamming your co-worker, if I've ever seen it. Are and- you saying
3: this stuff out loud? <laughs> and, and and isn't he the boss? Really?
1: I, I mean- was
2: literally just going to say it doesn't fully sound like uh, there's been an equal balance of power here. Yeah,
1: exactly. Where is HR located in
3: Woodbridge? <laughs> <laughs> HR! HR! Wait, wait, don't get the HR involved. They're just there to protect the company, not the individual. That's true. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> okay, so I imagine you guys aren't actually saying any of this stuff, but I sense—I think that Tazar senses that you guys saw something, and he, he figures out what you guys are talking about real quick, or what you guys are thinking real quick, and he kind of waves you off and says, like, no, 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 not like that, not like that.
2: Is she still in the room? Is he still saying not like that while she's in the room?
0: yeah 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 no she's still in the room she's still in the room
2: man okay
0: and he says there's one more tattoo and he says katona will you show them the last tattoo
2: only if you feel comfortable
0: she she nods she says i am the living canvas and um she she shows you her, her right butt cheek and on her right butt cheek she has a tattoo of an eye and then next to the eye is a line and if you look at it it almost looks like somebody winking at you.
2: Is this a series of unfortunate events coming to haunt me in my adulthood?
3: <laughs> Is that from I. a series of unfortunate events? No. no, it's not an I. It's a V and an F and a D, but highly stylized.
2: You have no idea how long like I would try to like do that as a child to make those three letters actually look like that. Because they yeah, don't.
3: <laughs> they don't, not at all. It's cute, but it's kind of alarming at the same time who's watching like somebody knows the secret and it's on one of your most secret parts <laughs>
0: i agree it was alarming when i was done i did not expect this
2: Tickris, do you, do you have any idea of what this might mean
0: he has been averting his gaze <laughs> and you can see he's blushing too
2: i bet you have
0: <laughs> um with that katona then she gets her clothes back on she is a. Uh, She's actually going to leave the, leave the house. And then you guys are able to kind of spend the evening here with Nari's brothers. Is there anything else anybody wants to do tonight before, uh, before morning comes?
2: I mean, I know I definitely want to have a little bit of a conversation with each of them.
0: Okay, perfect. Who would you like to talk to first?
2: No, I I think while we're here, I would talk to Tazar and ask him a little bit about his living canvas and, um, what y'all are. Are doing together.
0: In everything that I've learned about what we do, what the oracles of the Stormfist clan do, It our living canvas is drawn to us and we are drawn to them. Uh, we don't choose. Um, it's just kind of, it's a feeling that you get. And I don't know why I was drawn, drawn to Katona. I mean, and she doesn't know why she was drawn to, to me, but this is the way that it seems to have worked for us. Uh, there are some among our clan who are not very happy with, with the break in tradition because she's not a storm fist, but things seem to be working. I, the prophecies are coming. The tattoos are, are, they're, they're occurring. So I don't think that necessarily the bloodline matters as much as, um, as we always thought it did.
2: I, I think you're very wise in seeing this, um, that makes a lot of sense. I think at this this point in time that the clans, all of us need to come together in many different ways. Quite frankly, I think the tall hearts are, are absolutely mountain folk, just like us, just a little bit different. I wasn't so much questioning your method for choosing a canvas so much as wondering what your relationship with said canvas is is now.
0: Oh, uh, she's married, actually. She's a mother.
3: Sinner! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, there's nothing beyond the tattoos and the prophecies. That's, that's all there
4: is.
2: I'm so glad that you found someone who you seem so drawn to. Um, and, and she seems like she's definitely able to, uh, to help you. Complete your project. So I, I I appreciate that. That's good to hear.
0: I am glad to hear that from you, Nari. Um, I hope to be able to guide our combined tribes into the future, whatever that may be.
2: I think we'll need you for that. I think that uh, we'll need a uniting force.
0: He he reaches over and puts his hand on your hand, and he says, "You have no idea how much that means to me. Thank you." And then you wanted to talk to your brother Tichris as well
2: yeah yeah, I think Nari will kind of squeeze his hand and uh I don't remember where Tikris is, but wherever he is she'll mosey on over there
0: yeah Tikris has his own um his own home, but as you kind of leave the uh the house uh of your um, younger brother, you can see that Tikris is just kind of out kind of staring up at the staring up at the moon um and the wind is kind of blowing his hair and his beard he is thick and strong and just the Basically, the stereotypical Stormfist, what you think of when you think of a strong Stormfist warrior, uh, he fits that bill uh, to the T. Um, he's just kind of standing there. So he's the redhead from Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, so you step out, and he turns around and says, Nari.
2: Tickrus, it's, it's good to see you.
0: It's good to see you, too. I'm glad that we've been able to reconnect you sense him get a little bit like lost for words. And then he says, I never truly apologized to you or to anybody for the way that I acted five years ago when our brother needed us and when our our tribe needed us and I was not willing to get over my pride. So Nari, uh, as your brother, I thank you for going into the cave and rescuing Tazar.
2: Of course. There's there's nothing to apologize for. If if you hadn't left you I mean, you might not be here today. <laughs> Besides, what's an older sibling for, you know? Cesar is just as much as my responsibility as he is yours.
0: He thinks about that for a second and he nods. Well it's good to have you back, Nari. Are you staying long or are you, you off again?
2: No, no, I think I'll be off again. Um Pretty soon, but how have things been going for you here? I imagine that this is a little bit of a different responsibility than you expected.
0: He looks over and he finds a little stump and he goes and he sits down on it. You can see that he looks a little bit like uh, uh worn out. Um he, he w- didn't look that way until you asked this question, and he just kinda like lets the the weight of all of his stress and worries just kind of like show for the first time. He put, takes off the bravado a little bit. And he sits down and he says, Nari, this has been I I was not supposed to be leading a people. I was supposed to be leading a band of hunters, a band of warriors. And here I am helping settle disputes about grain and about that man's cattle got into my uh, wheat field or whatever. And it's beyond me. It's beyond me. But somebody had to step up and I guess that's me
2: grain and cattle seem very important so kudos to you
0: <laughs> thank you i guess still it uh he kind of reaches up and he touches kind of the, the handle of his axe that's kind of strapped to his back he says i miss the feel of miss the feel of this wooden handle in my hand swinging it in in a rage i miss that and there are times and he looks over kind of towards like the center of town where there's like this this kind of hall, this bigger building where like they do their meetings. Uh, and he, he says, still, there are times where I'm tempted uh, to swing it in rage again. And you can sense that he's having a little bit of problem with the, um, the differences in approach between the tall hearts and the storm Fists specifically.
2: I'm sure you'll always need your ax brother, but Remember that while we might be different clans, we're all mountain people, and the folks here just they need they need guidance, and I know you can give them that.
0: He nods and he says, "I appreciate your faith in me," and uh, then he just kind of sits there in silence.
2: I think Nari will just kind of put her hand on his shoulder and give him a little bit of a squeeze, and then head back for the night.
0: Awesome. Is there anything else anybody else would like to do this night? Pine will just be in there
3: um, kind of talking with, uh, with Bruce and Ebby, saying, I wonder what that addresso got off to. I liked her so much. I thought she'd be great for one of Nari's brothers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you guys see Nari come back in. And then if no- there's nothing else anybody wants to talk about tonight, we can move along to the next morning. You all lay, uh, you're all going to stay here in, um, in, uh, Tazar's house. He's got some, uh, some pelts and some cushions laid out on the floor for you guys to sleep on as you all drift to sleep, except for Ebby, I imagine, uh, who just kind of sits in the corner watching whoever he's going to (laughs) watch.
3: It's Roos, come on. Let's
0: be
4: honest, it's Roos.
2: I was just gonna ask, Ebby, who do you want to watch tonight?
4: <laughs> he doesn't monopolize all of the time. I try to spread it evenly, but he does get a fair amount of my attention. Ebby, I, ca- I can't sleep. Can you stare at me again? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I ha- it's it's a service that I'm willing to do. See, because I'm a friend. It, it really soothes me to sleep. I mean, and how could it not? Right? I mean, look at <laughs> look at this face.
3: Oh, it's so funny.
4: Wait,
0: speaking of faces,
4: it occurred to me just now that
0: in Daffodil's intro, she talks about being capable, like physically capable of smiling. But before she was a bird and birds have beaks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they kind of have cheeks.
1: They could like, you know, maybe move the feathers on their head or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and she had she had the cheeks. She had the cheeks. So the middle part of her mouth couldn't move. But she had the cheeks so she could turn up the corners of her mouth at least. OK. <laughs> Yes, thank you for finding that plot hole. Didn't we just talk about plot holes last time?
3: No, we, we got it
0: covered. We, we already addressed it. So guys, don't add us, okay? <laughs> as the night stretches on and as the sun starts to rise up over the mountains uh, and light starts to stream in through a couple of the windows, you are all laying there kind of waking up, groggy a little bit, and suddenly there is this huge... <laughs> And a flash of blue light penetrates the whole room for just a split second. And then it is quiet.
3: It's the Falcon Wolves.
0: (laughs) It says Terror Birds. Ripper Birds. What I I love about the Ripper Birds is that if you're Australian, it means they're really awesome birds. (laughs) I know, totally Ripper. (laughs) I actually, so real quick, I did look up Ripper Bird to see if it was a real bird. Apparently, there was a duck in Australia named Ripper, who I think would he used to cuss or something like that.
2: Classic. Classic duck behavior. Like a real
0: duck or like a cartoon? <laughs> like a like a real duck. <laughs> you guys all are shaken awake here in Tazar's house by this huge boom and a flash of blue light. As you collect yourselves and kind of reorient, you can start to hear commotion and um, calls out from, uh, from people in the village. Pine is,
3: you know, trained and ready. He's up in a moment's notice, grabs his, doesn't have a sword. He's like, reaches for a sword. It's not there. So he's going to grab some daggers
0: and head out in his pajamas.
2: Nari as well. will grab her ax and then uh, head out with Pine.
0: Yeah. Same with Ebby. Yeah. Roos is following suit. Um, as you guys all uh, come out into the open uh, open air, you can see people rushing towards the western part of the village. And um, as you watch, it seems like everyone is rushing towards the smithy. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Does the smithy look like it's on fire or anything? Like, is I've
3: killed Darden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't see any flames. You don't see any smoke or anything, um, but you do see people like rushing out, calling out, "Hey, it's the it's the smithy." I hope Darden's okay, and they're they're kind of running uh, in that direction to see if they can help with anything. Yeah, Pine is sprinting that way, and you guys are you guys are far enough away you can't necessarily see the smithy from where you're at. Yeah, what are you guys gonna do?
2: Nari's going to follow Pine.
3: Yeah, Pine is sprinting like, oh no, I've killed him, I've killed him that sword. It's the, 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 the sort of the adjudicator, there's a trap on it or something. It's cursed.
2: Nari's going to casually be like striding as as Pine is like running, <laughs> huffing she's going to be casually striding alongside him.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> um, you guys get to the smithy and you can see that there is now a ring of people kind of around it uh, talking and there's a couple people helping Darden to his feet. He is like comically singed. The whole front of him is covered in black soot, but his eyes are wide, and so you have these big white eyes underneath all this like soot and uh, and no ash. eyebrows. Yeah, basically. This wait, did he steal one of Gandalf's fireworks and light it <laughs> off inside the tent? <laughs> <laughs> that's basically basically that's what you're seeing right now <laughs> except for it's Darden so he's got like one huge antler and the other one's like cut off in, and in a stub um, you can see um, as you approach you can see that his um, anvil is um, split down the middle you don't see his hammer anywhere and you can see the only word I can think of is like slag um, like excess kind of uh waste metal kind of cooling uh in a circle like a perfect circle in the on the ground around the anvil and um resting kind of in the split portion of the anvil you see a sword uh, matt why don't you describe the sword that we see so do you guys remember um in the original legend of zelda when the title screen is coming up and it's like and like the or maybe that's number two. But anyway in the title screen of number one uh, there's that white sword like it's like a rapier with like a slight, slight curve at the tip. It's all white and blue and it's got like the big swept hilt and everything. You basically see that exact sword. In all of its 8-bit glory. Yes. It's, it's all chunky. No, it's not. It's smooth. <laughs>
3: It's that sword, but in real, for realsies.
0: Fantastic. As you approach, uh, Darden kind of looks like he's collecting himself. He kind of shakes his head and he looks up at you, Pine, makes eye contact with you. And he just points at the sword and then stands up and walks into his house.
3: Well, I guess it's done. Hey, Darden, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Domo. Oregato. Now that's a, what was it? I was speaking German before. What was it? I, danke. Danke, Dankeschön. Dankeschön, darden.
2: That that was not even close. German to Japanese.
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> You're
0: trying every language you can think of.
3: <laughs> I knew it started with a d. <laughs> All
0: right. Yeah, so Pine, you go over to this anvil. People are kind of still milling about um Kind of like picking up some like tools that have fallen off and trying to help like sort out the, the smithy yard, but there's this sword that's left been left unattended. And uh there it is for you to take. Alright, I will take it totally. As you grab the handle, you feel the handle itself is cool to the touch.
3: Look at this magnificent sword. I'll call it the Tabory Ambassador's Blade Level 3. <laughs> That's quite quite a lengthy name. That's the naming conventions for the Menoreese military. You know, but yes, the Tabery Ambassador's Blade Level
4: 3. Hmm. I'll have to spend some time with it. It's a regal name. Very, very nice.
2: Tabs. T A B three, but we'll make the three and S tabs.
4: What's uh, <laughs> what's the DPS on this bad boy?
0: Oh, and you're like a tabby cat. It's so cute. Uh, I'm not even close to a tabby cat. (laughs) Although you did send me a uh, picture, you sent me a video of a uh, caracal sharing a hammock with a cat. Yes, it was so cute. Anyway.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing.
0: (laughs) Post it to the Discord, Paul. Okay, so um, it looks like Pine got his sword. You guys reconnected with Nari's brothers. Is there anything else you wanted to do in Woodbridge before you leave?
3: I mean, I'm ready to peace out. They, they mentioned the Ripper Birds a few times. Do, is this something they have in hand? They need help or, or anything with that? I mean, we really need to be going. I don't... Bruce, I really want to help you with your condition.
1: Well, we'll sort it out when it gets sorted out.
2: They can take care of ripper birds. It's not the first time we've
3: seen them in the mountains. From what I've heard though, they're like even scarier than falcon wolves.
0: Yeah, and Nara, you would know that Ripper birds are native to the mountains, but they are they're they don't come this close to civilization ever. Um, they're usually further north and up in the peaks.
2: Well, that does scare me a little bit, but I would hope that they could hate. They handle, you know,
3: these birds. I guess the decision of how to handle the birds is up to them, right? I mean, that was the argument in the first place. Do they go out in force or do they move their herds? That's something they'll have to solve themselves. If the the rip of birds are eliminated, then it would displace whatever was. uh, Other things were displaced might just come in and cause more issues. It's like that episode of The Simpsons, where Bart had that lizard and ate pigeons, and then eventually I think there were gorillas or something for some reason, introducing new foreign species to take care of bad ones. I,
2: I do believe that this is, uh, this is the Mountain Tribe's problem, and as much as I hate to admit it, I don't, I don't think I'm really the Mountain Tribe anymore, so I, I don't know if this is any of my business.
0: And you guys can see the allele eagle is kind of hovering um, you know, maybe 50 or 60 feet up above the ground, just kind of moving around slowly around the village. Is there a book fluttering away in the wind? The wind was very short.
1: <laughs> and I'm just you teasing. guys
0: didn't even feel the wind uh where you were at. Um, so it was up higher. The the village of Woodbridge is kind of uh protected from a lot of the wind because of the the peaks on either side. So they're just waiting for your signal to come and drop the ladder. Is that what you guys are gonna do? Get on the allele eagle and fly away?
2: I think so. Unless if you guys have.
3: I'll wave goodbye to Yostin and say, next time you see a dresser, tell her hi for me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. The the uh, eagle flies overhead, drops a ladder. You guys start to climb up. You yell that out to Austin, and he waves at you, and then he points over, and then you can see Adressa, you know, kind of off in the distance doing something.
3: Oh, hey, Adressa! We were in town, and you didn't seem to be interested to, to visit with the the visitors. We anyway, good to see you. <laughs> Looking good as always.
0: You would see Adressa come running towards you. as as i was saying all that i was actually waving my arm in my office (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic as the allele eagle pulls away and flies away you can see her running towards you waving waving like she had something very important to tell you but you're already away so goodbye adressa until next time in all fairness though if it was a rope ladder it would take us a long time to climb up a rope ladder like that hanging just hanging there loose She took her time to get over there until, you, until she saw you guys pulling away. Then she was running. <laughs> where are you guys headed to at this point?
3: Well, Roos, we're here for you. Where, do you. where do you need to go? Where are you drawn?
1: <laughs> I honestly have no idea. We can head to Almar. Almar's a big city. Maybe while we're doing some investigating there, we can try and figure something out for me.
3: Well, we're passing right over Akravite. We want to take a quick pit stop there, maybe, I don't know, see...
2: Wait, Arcovy is the place that was threatening Tiberi, right? It's true, it's true. I I think we should, I mean, if we're just going to be flying right over there.
3: And there's the Temple of Erdos there. We've been there, remember?
1: Of course we can stop by. I'd be interested to maybe try and spread some rumors about the new king, but if our mission is pressing, I mean, I'm fine heading to Almar.
3: I think at this point, Bruce, you are our mission. We care for you.
4: We want to help you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I just, I'm not sure that anybody's going to be able to help me there. This is a complicated problem.
4: It it is complicated, but it's worth at least trying, right? Yeah, yeah. We can stop by.
3: I suggest that we do not l- let the ill eagle, go.
1: the lily, legal? Yes.
3: I suggest that we do not let the bewildered beagle be seen. By the people of uh, ah! of <laughs> <laughs> So Seems
2: <laughs> like a good plan. The bold-looking eagle.
3: <laughs> oh my God! Maybe. Oh, I. I know. I shall adopt the persona of Mister Douglas again.
0: <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Mister Douglas. I
3: still have the clothes in my inventory that I wore there. Um, so Pine will go ahead and start changing out of his blue um, frock coat it was obviously very visible.
0: Um, he was there for a year as an ambassador, like introducing himself as a representative of Tabury. Um, So he'll change into, I was I think it was green. I think he had a tricorn hat with an orange feather. Um, but he'll change into those clothes.
1: Okay, perfect.
0: And remember, it's Mr. Douglas. <laughs> Sounds good. You guys figure you have about um, another day's flight, a little over a day to get there. It's a little over 100 miles to get down there. Pine gets dressed right away and just kind of sits there waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you guys begin your uh, your trip down to the southeast towards the city of Arklevy and the country of Arklevy, Abby, you feel a tap on your shoulder, and um, you turn to see Daffodil standing there.
4: Daffodil, what uh, what seems to be the problem? She says. Did you did you feel that last night? Feel what? Did you feel the wind? Did you not
0: feel the wind? It about knocked us out of the sky.
4: Well there was there was quite a loud explosion that occurred. You may have a... Uh, is that what you're referring to? Did it cause some wind? No, no, no. This morning? No, no. This was
0: this was different. There was wind and it it hit us hard. You can see um, as you glance around the ship, you can see a couple of places where like ropes have been replaced with like you, like the they've had to repair some of the uh, just some lines and things. Nothing too big, but um, uh, places where the the Ormex have been at work making sure that the ship is is ready for flight again. Daffodil says, "Yeah, we we got buffeted by some fierce fierce wind out of the north, and it I thought it I thought we were done for. The ship was pitched way back. The front was way down the." The um, quarterdeck was way up in the air, and I thought for sure we would fall,
4: but the wind only lasted just a few seconds. Interesting. I mean, it's possible that it could be just a weather anomaly, a microburst, right? Or was do you think it was something else? I I heard something. What? She pulls out her book, and she starts
0: flipping through pages and you can see drawings and you can see descriptions of different things you see her she gets to a picture that she's done of woodbridge and it's very good and very to scale complete with like separate houses and everything and then she turns the page and you can see um written there in um in phonetic allele are some words and she says i I heard these, at least I think I did, but nobody else did. I asked everyone else, and they didn't hear anything. They just felt the wind, and they were um, just trying to keep the ship under control. But I i heard something on the wind, and you can see these phrases written out. You have no clue what they say.
4: Yeah. What What language was it? Did you recognize what they were speaking? She shakes her head no. No, I did my best to write it down as as best I could, but it lasted for 15, 20 seconds after the wind died, and then it too was gone. This is very strange. Could you do me a favor? Could you write me a copy of what you've written here? The the phonetic uh, spelling, if you will, of what you heard? Of course. Of course I can. We'll be heading potentially into a larger city that might have... Uh, some resources in terms of, of a library or some learned individuals, we might be able to speak with people to see exactly, or at least get an idea of what this is. That was my hope. I figured there's somebody out there who will
0: know better than I do. Yes. And uh, so she sits. She sits down. She starts writing it out as you guys
4: continue to talk. She's she'll write that out for you. Hmm. I'm I'm curious. Do you have any? any theories did it elicit any any thoughts in your mind as to what it could be related to it seemed to come with the wind and it
0: made me feel dread now maybe that's just because the ship nearly pitched me from its deck and over the
4: side but i think not i think the dread was something more well I'm glad that you've brought it to my attention. Um, I'll relay this to the others, as well, and we'll see what we can do to get to the bottom of this. I think that things have awoken in this world that we may know very little about.
0: She nods. If there's anything you need from me, just just let me know. But um,
4: I'm, and if I remember anything else, I'll I'll let you know. Perfect. That's all um, that I could ask. Thank you, Daffodil. I appreciate it. Of course. And then she goes back to the foxhole. Is that what it's
0: called? Foxhole? Yep. The forecastle? Okay. Yeah. Yes. The foxhole. The front of the ship. And she starts leaning on the gunnel, which is kind of like the top of the railing or whatever. In case you guys don't know your ship terms, I had to look those all up. And uh, Damn, she are begin- we in
2: the Navy now? <laughs>
0: Um, and she begins to um, to watch the landscape. And um, after a few minutes, she, she goes back to start writing and drawing in her notebook to um, try to map some of these areas that she's flying over.
3: While, while she's doing this, uh, pine is in the head. <laughs> which is what you call the bathroom on a ship. <laughs> yes.
4: Um, yeah, when when there's an opportunity and everyone's milling about, I think Ebi will try to relay... This to the broader group.
0: Yeah, perfect. You guys find a, a spot uh, below decks um, where you guys all have your your rooms, and uh, you convene together and begin talking about what Daffodil told Ebby.
3: So anyway, Daffodil was saying all these things about like the gunwale and the fork, the foxhole and all this, and then I made a joke about the head, which is which is the bathroom, and then nobody laughed. <laughs> i knew you'd appreciate that thank you okay so Abby, what were you saying again Yes.
4: Yeah, so this wind though it it just it was perplexing to her the the words or the the uh voice voices perhaps that she heard they were speaking some language that she nor i had ever recognized before what do they sound like maybe it uh Maybe it was Menorese. I that's the only other
3: language I speak besides Almerian.
4: Yes, well I can I had her write it down phonetically in Allele. I can try to read it for you now. And Ebby will try to read kind of the phonetic spelling, like read it out loud, what it what it would have sounded like.
1: Roos is gonna activate his scarf while uh Ebby is talking and close his eyes.
0: And Pine will try to write it down phonetically in Menorese,
1: just he feels useful.
0: Can you guys give me one second? Really quick while he writes out what the words say. <laughs> I forgot you had that stinking scarf. Ebby, <laughs> <laughs> as you are reading this statement, this uh these phrases in this uh broken, phonetically written Klaatu <laughs> verata Uh this language that you don't understand. Uh Pine, you recognize this is not Menarese. Rus, you pull your Mikasa scarf up kind of over your ears and close your eyes and focus, and um, you don't know what language it is, but you do understand what is being said. And after a second of Ebby saying it and pronouncing things incorrectly, you think you have a pretty idea of what is being said.
1: Let me say it one more time, just a little bit slower.
4: Yes, it's Klaatu,
1: Verata,
4: <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, that's the part I can't understand very well.
4: I wouldn't even know how to
0: write that in English. <laughs> the words basically say, wind and air, the breath of Pavantis. Take this breath and breathe life into the end. She wrote it out three times in a row.
1: You guys aren't going to like this, and then I'll translate it for them.
2: We need the avatar.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I I am an avatar. That's so true. Does that mean am I good? I can't bend anything. Well, I mean, if you hit me hard enough, then I get I bend. Yes.
2: Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, your hand bends down before you shoot those new mana bursts or whatever they're called. That's true. I'm a wrist bender.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you look like Bender from Futurama.
4: That's true.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so wind and air, the breath of Pavantis, take this breath and breathe life into the end.
1: I don't know if we have time for Arkel V. I think we need to get moving.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong, but... I think we need to be at our full strength.
1: You're right. You're right. I just, I worry that we don't have enough time.
3: Maybe not the not the place to go. I think, honestly, I'd probably get really distracted, like all these side things, like it'd be really cool to see Nilla again, and I wonder how Sir Bertholomax
1: is doing. And we'd go to the bathhouse.
3: (laughs) Yes, I'd need to obviously get naked in front of all of you again, but I guess I could do that on the ship if we needed to.
1: I was just amazed that that thin jet of of steam like blocked you wherever you went.
3: <laughs> it's a sensor scene. Your loss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well where are you guys going to fly to then? I think we need to
1: go to Elmar.
3: Oh, I mean, are there are there any temples in Almar Rakolia to to Erdos to healing that we could visit? I think I would think that during the uh the reign of the emperor, that a lot of those would have been removed or changed to temples of Urimia. And I don't know if I want to go there seeking healing.
2: I mean, I imagine that in a town that big, there has to be someone who can help with healing, whether or not they're official.
4: Yes, but it, it could be, it'll take days to get all the way to Almar from where we are here. It would be, I believe, a much shorter trip to just pop into Arkulvi as quickly as we can. And go from there They are they are still a friendly nation to us After all Wink, wink
1: <laughs> <laughs> So far, yes One day in Arkle V One
3: day, no sidetracks Roos, I know you're itching to get back on the bocce court But no bocce
1: <laughs> <laughs> We need to get some bocce here on the illegal Oh yes we can get,
3: get some turf up here And uh, <laughs> have a little Putting green basically on the Deck of the ship <laughs>
0: You guys know that it's, it would be a little bit over a day to get to Arklvi, but from here to get to Almar, the city of Almar, would take eight days. We're talking like 800 miles away. It is a distance.
3: Well, in Arklvi it is, yeah. I mean, again, low profile. Let's try not to get distracted. If we get a chance to spread some rumors about the, the king of Arklvi, let's do it.
4: But I think in and out. <laughs> <laughs> so Light Sedition, nothing too deep. We'll keep
3: our
4: tracting our or pamphleting to a minimum.
3: Well, we have a day. Abby, let's get, let's get going on
4: some of these pamphlets, huh? I love your spirit on this. Let's do it.
3: King Tenor is a doo-doo head. <laughs> I think this writes itself.
1: I might be able to make some connections, too, and, and uh, start spreading a rumor as well.
3: As long as it's quick. We're going there for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: All the rumors are
4: true, yeah. Do you think that the uh, that the Howling Talons survived the shattering?
1: Yeah, yeah, the Howling Talon is still active and working contracts. I tried to find some of my old co-workers and uh, my old employer during the five years, but i I wasn't able to find either of them. So I don't know if anyone's even looking for me anymore. I suppose for the interest of time, let's hope not. Yeah, I, I hope so, too.
4: You mentioned former co-workers. Nari, do you think
3: you could touch base with the Fallen Rose? That was called now the Fallen Rose? And maybe in this, their help in this Whisper campaign? I mean, Kira was one of them. She was Fallen Heaven. They, they might they would, Of course, they would do it to help her.
2: I mean, I can reach out to my, my contacts. Um, although, with the breaking of the world, I, I feel like things have changed a lot.
3: True. And they have their own mission, but it, I don't think it would hurt to at least drop them a line.
2: No, I agree. I think that they would um, be more than happy to help us with our mission.
4: It can't hurt. I mean, you know, if hostilities were to become more um, heated, it'll be good to have an ally close by.
3: Very true. And in the capital...
0: All right, as you set sail through the air towards the city of Arkilvy, the day passes and it becomes night. If anybody wants to have any kind of conversations, they can. Um, Otherwise, we're gonna push on through to the city of Arkilvy. I just have one question for you when you get there. So does anybody wanna do anything before we get there?
4: Nobody wants to start a conversation with Pine? Do you want us to have a conversation with Apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nari's expended her, like, emotional energy. Yeah,
4: That's true. <laughs> She's like, two
0: brothers is too too many.
3: What about a kindly uncle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question for you guys is, uh, with the Alila Eagle, there is a skyport in Arklevy. Are you going to the skyport or are you guys going to land in the lake or are you guys not going to land at all and um, maybe drop off outside the city and have the Ormex stay on the ship and uh, keep it uh, in the air until you're ready for it?
2: I mean, I would think we would keep, keep the illegal as secret as possible.
3: Agreed. Yes. So number three. Alright, um, then just where you
0: guys want to drop off? Just a few miles outside of town or something?
3: Come in low, drop us off. We, we can we can do the 10 miles, 10 miles into town. Otherwise, you'd be too high in the sky. We can see for, for days. And then um, I'll start in crumbles. And did we bring any other mounts on here? Or is Ebi, is uh, Roos going to need to ride heavy again?
4: We ne- <laughs> I,
2: I mean, I think that... Bruce is gonna have to ride Abby again.
1: Well, let's not jump to conclusions. <laughs> we never established what we did with Feathers McGraw. I I imagined that since you guys literally rode Feathers
0: McGraw to the Lava, to the uh, Free Peoples of Alil, that you wouldn't just then leave Feathers McGraw out in the wild. So, like, well, there you go, buddy. Have fun, and you leave this <laughs> penguin. <laughs> you leave this penguin in the forest, basically. I would imagine that you have feathers with you.
3: So what you're saying is we have we have
0: stalls or some kind of stable stall system in the in the ship. To all of our listeners, I have now asked the players multiple times to do a uh, floor plan of the ship. So you tell me, are there stalls on the ship for animals? Yes.
2: Hell yeah, especially penguins. Okay. Seriously.
0: <laughs> there you go. Repurposed, we've repurposed the the second deck below for which is normally for lots of cargo we also No, that's way too low how would they get down there um we've repurposed a cargo one of the a place for cargo to, to hold two mounts okay so you've got feathers and that's it that's it yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna summon crumbles then
3: yeah i'll yeah if, if we're if it's gonna take a day then
0: i'll go ahead and use the spell slot now to summon crumbles within the ship okay
3: crumbles here boy
0: awesome so you have these liberator uh teams uh these three teams who are manning the ship and sailing you on towards archelvi as you uh get closer to the city and as the day starts to dawn as you know the night has passed and the day starts to dawn the next day the ship is brought in low um, and you sail for what you assume is another couple of hours before they slow down and they um, drop a Well, they drop a ladder, but they also have a crane of some kind to get uh, feathers and uh, crumbles down out of the ship. And um, after a little bit, a half an hour or so of finagling and climbing and uh, straps and uh, hoisting and that kind of thing, you manage all to be on the ground about 10 miles north of the city of Arkilvy. And the Aleel Eagle, pulls away up into the sky and heads back to the north.
3: Wait, wait, how do we summon you when we're ready to go?
1: Just come back here tomorrow at the same time. Sounds good to me.
2: Yeah, we can be quick.
0: All right, you guys have a 10 mile ride into the city of Arkalvi. As you ride south, uh, you remember the last time you actually came this way, um, you were going the opposite direction and you were headed towards the city, uh, or the city, the... Small little hovel of last chance, the small uh, kind of climbing community um, where you can get prepped to go over the mountains and up into the valley of Stormfists and uh, Tallhearts. Uh, but this time you're heading south towards the city, and it's not long before you can see the walls. Uh, the walls are uh, big and reinforced. You can see this gate. This gate at the north end of the city, uh, you would remember, is called the Mountain Gate. There are a few houses and a small inn that are on the outside of the city, but you know that Arkilvy, for the most part, is all within the city walls. There's not like a big uh, kind of suburban area and not a lot of farms around either. Um, And as you approach the gate, uh, you can see that the gate is open. There are some guards that are manning it. Uh, You can see uh, standing up on the on the wall above the above the gate, you see guards with bows and arrows, you see ballista, you see catapults, um, you see a very watchful and wary eye um, inspecting every traveler who comes down this path and into the city. But as you approach the city, you are not stopped. And suddenly you find yourself in this large square in the north side of the city of Arkhalvy. Where do you guys want to go?
4: So in terms of where to go to, I think there are two things that come to mind. One would be to go to the Temple of Erdos to see if they have a more senior priest or priestess that might be able to assist our dear friend Rus here. And the other thing is if we might be able to speak with one of the librarians. I wonder if they might have any insight into what language this potentially could be or you know, maybe any further insight or meaning into into what's going on?
3: That's a good point, Abby. We also um, want to touch base with the uh, the Fallen Rose. Shall we split up? Should we do a three way split?
2: That might be best. I I can definitely get to my contacts with the Fallen Rose.
3: Well, I could I could go to the library, or I could accompany you, Roos. or Abby. You could accompany Roos.
2: I do think someone should <clears throat> accompany Roos. All <laughs> no, right, we'll kind of like look look kind of knowingly at Pine.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go say hey to Sister Librarian Jem.
4: <sighs> okay, I'll go with Roos. Give me that uh, transcript that you got from Davidim. Yes, here you go. Abby, will go ahead and hand over that scrap of paper.
3: All right. So we're going to split up.
0: We have Nari heading to go and meet with her contacts in the fallen rose, which Nari, you would know that at least last time you were here, um, talking with, uh, Nilla and Bordemus uh, and their campaign, um, against this, these secret cults of inevitability, you would know that the place to probably go is a tailor, um, called a cut above tailors, which is actually basically just South of where you are um here in this plaza that should be no problem to get to
2: i was just saying i needed my um a whole outfit tailored so that's perfect
0: well you know that the cut above tailors they do adequate work but if you want like some fancy duds you got to go to the beaded bodice which is where you guys got your um your get your gadiver's march costumes done so and that's a little bit further to the west but
2: look i am a man of the people
0: <laughs> there you go There you go. Nari starts heading south towards the cut above Taylor's. Roos and Ebi and Pine, you guys all kind of make your way a little bit further east. The Temple of Erdos is a little bit further north than the Library of Cadriel, but they're both on the east side of the city. So you three will be walking together for a while. As you walk through the streets, all four of you, I want everyone to make perception checks. Is this only the second roll of the night? I was
3: going to say second roll of the night and I got another dirty 20.
1: Oh, Roos got a 12.
3: Wait, is that possible?
1: That's amazing, Ruse. It's a nat one, so.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> and then uh Ebbie got a 17.
3: Oh,
2: am I roll- sorry, I thought I was going someplace else.
4: Um, oh, you are. I, I just want all four of you to
0: make perception checks. This is just to kind of see what's going on <laughs> well, in, in time. I
2: got a nat 20 for 30.
0: So Oh my.
2: <laughs> I'm very perceptive.
0: Okay. So ruse i imagine as you're walking along your mind is just kind of clouded you're you're contemplating all the things that need to happen nervous that maybe they won't be able to help you um and you you don't seem to kind of feel the vibe in town because you're so introspective um pine ebby and especially nari you guys all feel the hum in the air as you can see like um glued to walls you know posters are glued to walls and you can see signs and things that say for example one has in big letters at the top it says war and then underneath it it says war has been declared on the false kingdom of tabri any citizen seen to be aiding tabri or hindering the war effort of archovy will be tried for treason protect our nation from false archovians if you see something report it to the constabulary immediately
2: Narg is going to tear down that poster.
0: <laughs> that's a great way to wait you'll be seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can take you can take it down if you want to do like a stealth check or something like that to see try to do yeah, a sneaky no,
2: Nari will definitely just kind of like try to casually pull one of those down and like look at it like muttering to herself
0: well why don't you make a stealth check
2: so i rolled a 12 on that so not very sneaky
0: Okay, let me see what happens with that roll. Okay, as you go up, you kind of look around and see if anyone's paying attention. Um, It's kind of in a busy part of the of the plaza, um, but everyone seems to be kind of going about their business. You go and you pull it down quickly and relatively quietly, and as you turn around, you can see that there is a mom with a little kid um, in tow, and the little kid is looking right at you, and totally saw you do that. Punt him!
3: Punt him hard! Get rid of him! Um,
0: the kid is just kind of staring like big eyes almost like, a you know, like one of those comically big lollipops? Almost like just sitting there with a comically big lollipop in their hand just watching you.
2: Gee whiz, mister!
0: <laughs>
2: Ari's gonna kind of wink at him and like put her finger to her lips and then just keep moving on.
0: <laughs> uh, it's almost like a. am little Cletus and I'm here to tell you about child labor laws. They're silly and outdated. <laughs> if anybody knows what movie that's from oh what a great scene you managed to so you did you were seen by this kid um the kid does not raise the alarm but as you do that i imagine you get the impression that you need to be very careful uh here in town right now and then um uh pine and and ebby you see a couple of those posters you also guys uh see another one that says um defend your uh, this is like a a flyer and it says volunteers needed uh and then underneath it says defend your home from kira the conspirator her underhanded and devious plans are no match for the bravery of the people of Arklevy. enlist now and help ensure a peaceful future for the kingdom a lot of war propaganda um and as you are walking through town ruse not so much but everybody else you see more guards not like constabulary like uh you know policemen but like actual like soldiers um kind of uh, in groups of threes and fours walking through town um people give them space you can see at some points you see like um, a whole like uh, platoon or a uh, platoon like 10 guys i mean you'll see, you'll see like 20 or 30 actual soldiers like marching in unison down the street as they are preparing for war with Tabori. And
4: you come to the Temple of Erdos. Ebby, while we're walking, is going to try to get close to Pine and whisper and say, we're going to need to inform Kira about this as soon as possible.
3: Right. And just so that we're safe, maybe we should just say, Nari's lady friend instead of the, you know, the other name. And
4: remember, I'm Mr. Douglas.
3: What's your name?
4: Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Douglas. I'm Mr. Frederick.
3: <laughs> What's well, a pleasure, Mr. Frederick? I, I shall be heading to the library now.
4: Very well. Good luck, Mr. Douglas.
3: And you, Mr. Frederick?
4: Yes. Uh come, pants and he looks at Roos. <laughs> <Bruce. laughs>
3: Did you just say pants are full? <laughs>
4: No, like, like prancing and, and, and
1: Percival.
4: Oh, Percival. Oh, okay.
1: It's an Australian name. I've heard it before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nari is going to whip out Cellstone and just kind of give a brief message to Kira to, you know, inform her not to trust the city. And also that they're preparing for war actively.
0: All right, well, you guys split up. So now Nari, you are sending your message to Kira. Uh, I imagine kind of in an alley or something uh, away from prying eyes. Uh, Roos and Ebi, you step into the temple of Erdas. And Pine, you continue along the road towards the library of Cadriel. It seems like the short trip to Arkilvy might not be as short as we thought. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. No, we're still going to be back there 24 hours.
2: It better be short. We're going to do things efficiently.
0: (laughs) That's right. You guys know that splitting the party never ends well. It did really well last time we were in Arkleby. Oh, I guess it did. I guess it, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was March, yeah. It did, yes, it did. Okay, so irregardless. Yes, I said that on purpose. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Hopefully, you're enjoying what's going on. It's super exciting. Lots of mystery uh, being revealed. And hopefully, some answers are forthcoming very soon. If you like what we're doing, then uh, tell a friend. Go check out our Patreon. And don't forget to check out our Discord. The link is in the description of this episode. Uh, We are on there talking with our fans. And there are some theories being batted about. There are some memes, uh, some spoilers that kind of thing that people are talking about general shenanigans yes
1: there's there's definitely some general shenanigans
3: oh general shenanigans he was a good soldier
1: (laughs) (laughs) tragic what happened to him though very tragic
3: oh yes it's why i don't wear my cape
2: It was major depression, wasn't it?
4: I like general shenanigans much more than Lieutenant Tomfoolery.
0: (laughs) (sighs) All right, guys. Well, until we see you next time, we hope you have a great time.